This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, my name is Mike Kane, or you can call me Pastor Mike. I'm okay with that. And uh, I am filling in for Pastor Ron this morning. Uh, he's away uh, for the weekend. But uh, you all braved that weather this morning, right? Haven't had much of it this winter. I'm sure most of you are happy about that. I'd like a little more of it every once in a while, but that's just me. You know me, I like a little winter every once in a while. Um, But we're going to continue this morning on our theme, knowing God's voice. Knowing God's voice. And when I think about that, have you ever been in a situation somewhere where you heard someone's voice, you couldn't see them, but you heard it, and it was unmistakable that, that there was a certain there's a distinctive nature to that voice, and you said, I, I know whose voice that is. I remember it was, had to be over 30 years ago. I was, in, um, I was working in northwest Connecticut. I had a friend in the town of Cornwall. Anybody ever heard of Cornwall, Connecticut? Little town, beautiful town, right on the Houstonic River there. And uh, so my friend came to work that day, and he said, you wouldn't believe what happened to me this weekend. He said, I was in, I was in the uh, hardware store in Cornwall, and I heard a voice, and I said, that I, I, there's no doubt about it. I knew who it was. And sure enough, it was... Tom Brokaw. Has anybody ever heard of Tom Brokaw? Okay. Some younger people are like, who's Tom Brokaw, right? Well, he was a newscaster for many years, and he lived in Cornwall, or he had a home there. But he, he could, my friend could recognize that voice right away. And I remember when we first came to this area, uh, oh, maybe 20 years ago, I remember hearing uh, a voice at Home Depot, and I said, that's unmistakable. I didn't see the person, but I heard the voice first. And it was Al Terzi. So, and I didn't realize that Al Terzi, I think he still lives in Southington, does he not? Maybe some of you know. But we're talking about recognizing and knowing God's voice. And Pastor Ron did a great job last week, and he talked about the fact that, uh, I think he mentioned A.W. Tozer had said that it's, it's God's nature to want to speak to us, to his children. It's the very nature of God to speak to us. But, you know, the good news is we wouldn't even have this ability to communicate with God if it wasn't for Jesus going to the cross and giving his life and being the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is the only one that could span the gap between a holy God and sinful men. And because of Jesus and because he's alive, amen? Everybody say amen, he's alive. Because Jesus is alive, we have this wonderful opportunity to listen to God, to have communication, because Jesus has made that possible. But all relationships, no matter if it's between personal relationships or a relationship with God, they depend on two-way communication. It's not a one-way conversation, right? It's two-way conversation. And, And if we need to be able to know and hear God's voice, we need to have that relationship with him. We need to be in relationship with God. And the quality of any relationship depends on how much time 
both parties spend communicating with each other. And Pastor Ron mentioned this last week. He said, if you want to know God's voice, if you want to hear God's voice, there's only one question that you need to answer, and it's this. Are you expecting to hear God's voice? That's the question. Are you expecting to hear God's voice? Because our relationship depends on faith, and faith is expecting from God. So answer that. You can only, only you can answer that question. Are you expecting to hear from God? If you say, I'm not expecting to hear from God. I don't think it's, he's going to talk to me. Then you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Look with me. Uh, the first verse I want to look at here this morning is in John chapter 10, verse 27. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. Can everybody see that? Is that on the overhead? It says, my sheep listen to my voice. Now, how many of you would say you're a sheep? You're a sheep. You're Jesus' sheep. How do you become one of his sheep? You become by one of his sheep by accepting him, receiving him into your life as Lord and Savior. By turning from our sin and receiving his forgiveness. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. None of us is righteous, not even one. And the wages of sin is death. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came to give us eternal, to, to pay the price that we couldn't pay, to be the Lamb of God, the substitute for our sin. And when we receive him, when we turn from our sin and trust Christ to save us, we become children of God. It's by faith, by grace, by God's grace, by God's enabling power that we are saved and we can become his sheep. And it says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They follow me. We recognize his voice. And because we're his sheep, Christian means Christ-like, Christ-follower. And because we hear his voice, because we've been saved, we've been born again, we've experienced this new life in Christ, now we can hear his voice. And because we hear his voice and we follow him, that's what we do. We follow him. And it says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Isn't that a comforting word? That's God's word. That's Jesus' word to us this morning. That we will follow him. He gives us eternal life. They will never perish. And no one can snatch them away from me. If we are new creatures in Christ, the good news is we will hear his voice and we will respond in obedience because we're his sheep. Revelation 3.20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is standing at the door. Picture him knocking, desiring entry. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together. And notice, he doesn't, he doesn't break down the door. He doesn't force his way in, right? We have to invite him in. But it all starts, the invitation begins with what? Hearing his voice. Hearing his voice. And have you ever had somebody knock at your door and you didn't recognize their voice? Maybe they called out. You don't want to let them in, right? 
you're a little careful about the people that you let in your home, right? But because we're his sheep, we can hear his voice. We will recognize his voice. But this whole invitation starts with hearing his voice and then taking action on what we hear. Look at John 18, verse 37. It says this. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you king then? Are you king then? Now, this is, as you know, most of you, I'm sure, know this story. Just before he was crucified, he went before Pilate. And he was telling Pilate that his kingdom is not of this world. It's not of this world. And so Pilate said, you're, you're a king then. Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, well, how many of you know he's the king of kings? Amen? Amen. Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth, speak the truth, basically. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So if you want to hear his voice, if you want to know his voice, another version of this scripture says, everyone who seeks or loves the truth hears my voice. Now, how many of you would you say, I love the truth, I want to hear the truth? Sometimes the truth hurts, but I want the truth. So there's two things. You need to be his sheep, you need to be part of his family, and you need to seek truth if you want to hear his voice. And, and the reverse is also true. If, if you're not seeking truth, and if we are not seeking truth, we will not hear his voice. Amen? Amen. I came across this story this week. Good story. Listen to this story about making sure we, we will hear what we want to hear. Listen to this. Two old friends who hadn't seen each other for years were walking down the street together, renewing old times. Just a minute, said one of them. I think I hear something. And turning a loose paving stone over, he liberated a cricket above all the traffic noises. My friend, excuse me, why? That's astounding. Of all the people on the street at this hour, hurrying from work, you alone hear the cricket above all the traffic noises. My friend, he said, I learned a long time ago that people hear in life only what they want to hear. Now the noise of traffic has neither increased nor decreased in the past few moments. But watch. And as he finished speaking, he let a silver dollar fall from his pocket to the sidewalk. And immediately, everyone within amazingly large distance stopped and looked around and came running to where the coin had dropped. We will hear what we want to hear. Amen? Amen. Am I good still? We will hear what we want to hear. So the first point I want to make in hearing God's voice, knowing God's voice, is this. It's simple. You've got to want to hear from God. You've got to want it. You've got to seek it. You've got to go after it. You've got to be intentional about it. Look with me in Psalms 40, verse 8. It says this. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. And this is David, King David. He's writing this psalm. He says, I take joy. How many of you take joy in something, some kind of hobby? Just somebody shout it out. What, what kind of things do you take joy in? Sailing. Sailing. 
Okay, sewing, did somebody say? Painting? Anything else we take joy in? Mothering, there you go. But you don't have to work at it, right? You enjoy it. You look forward to it. You do it with excitement. You take joy. And the psalmist here says, I take joy in doing whose will? In doing God's will. For your instructions are written on my heart. And how many of you know how important it is that we hide God's word in our heart? That we know his word. That we have a a personal knowledge and, and a, you know, a ready use of it. And David here, he was intentional about meeting, or serving God, obeying him, loving him. He was intentional. He sought it. He made it the priority of his life. And the Bible says, Pastor Ron shared this last week, Jeremiah 29, 13, it says that you will find me when you seek for me with what? Half a heart? wholeheartedly, remember that? Wholeheartedly. You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. And if we want to hear from God, we have to make him our priority. We have to seek him with all of our heart. Psalms 84.10 says this, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I want to say thank you to, to James and the whole worship team. Wasn't that a great time of worship this morning? Do you know, amen, amen, that was awesome. Do you know that the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people? And I just sense the presence of God here as we're lifting him up in praise. We enter his courts with praise, the Bible says. That's what it says. So I sing a single day in your courts, and that simply means having audience with God, having, you know, having fellowship with God is better than a thousand elsewhere. And how many of you have been to a beautiful place? Maybe it's Florida, maybe it's somewhere international. You know, I, I know when I was a kid, I was in Tahiti, and I was just a kid. We were sailing, believe it or not, from Australia back to the United States. We stopped in Tahiti. And that was a, I remember even as a kid, that it was a beautiful place. But how many of you have been to a beautiful place? And you'd say, oh man, if I could just spend a thousand days there. But think, what, think of what this says. The psalmist says a single day in, in God's courts, in his presence, in fellowship, having audience with God is better than a thousand anywhere else. And if we feel uncomfortable around someone, do you think we're going to want to spend time with them? Have you ever, think about this. Think about the, the genuineness of when you say you love someone. If you said you love somebody, you said you love them, Right? But, and then they said, well, great, I'm going to come over and we're going to spend time together. Oh, that's okay. I don't have time today. That's all right. And then, they, and then another opportunity came. They said, you know, I could spend time with you today. You say you love me. I could spend time with you today. No, that's all right. I have something else to do. But how many of you would honestly say, I love God? Do you want to spend time with him? Do you want to spend time with him? And if we say we love God and yet don't make time for him, then... You know, maybe that's a false confession. We have to seriously sometimes look at when we say we love God, are we making time for him in our lives? Genuine love is based on action. Words are cheap, and actions always speak louder than words. Psalms 37.4 says this. It says, take delight, take delight in the Lord. Do you delight in God? Do you delight in him? Do you find satisfaction, fulfillment? 
enjoyment in him. Now, I know there's things, I can think of things I take delight in. My son, my son and I, he, was, uh, he showed me that he gave me some Snapchat photos that he, was, uh, he went skiing in, in Vermont on Friday. And I take delight in that. I mean, that's something that I love to do, and I love to do it with my kids. I can understand. I don't, it's not work to, if somebody said, uh, you know, I'm going skiing tomorrow, I'd say, well, yeah, you know, you can twist my arm, but yeah, maybe I'll go. You know, I mean, we want to do that, right? We take delight. It brings joy and excitement. And the psalmist here says, take delight in the Lord. And, and when you do that, when you and I do that, he will give us the desires of our heart. And when we enjoy spending time with someone, this is the point, it's so much easier to listen to them. Is it not? Is it not? When we're around someone that's uncomfortable, you know, maybe it just makes us feel uncomfortable, maybe there's someone that, that we don't get along with, isn't it harder to, to communicate? Would you agree it's not harder to communicate with them? But when we enjoy someone or we enjoy doing something or something, uh, we take delight in it, the Bible says he will give us our heart's desire, and as a believer in Christ, it is, I'm sure it's yours, but it is my desire to know his voice. Psalms 95.7 says this, we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. If only you would listen to his voice today. Have you ever said to your kids, would you just listen to me? If you would just listen to me. And have you ever had kids that maybe don't listen, haven't listened? Does it bring a little stress, a little tension to the relationship? And the same way with God, uh, you know, we need to, when we hear his voice, we, we need to listen. And not just hear it, but we need to listen to what he says and then finally obey it. And there's, there's one thing, I think, in looking at this subject, that keeps us from hearing from God. You know what that, I think, is? It's pride. You know, sometimes our own pride. We feel we don't need God's help. We don't need to hear. We're doing fine by ourselves. Everything's going fine. I don't need to hear from God. But really, we can't admit our need. And I just had an experience with my own dad. Do you know? Do you, oh, I forgot my object lesson. Wait a minute. Where is it? Here it is. I got a brown paper bag, too, here. Okay. Does everybody know what an emergency alert system is? Does anybody have maybe parents or, or others that they know that? If I can get this around my head here. Hang on. Do you, do you know what an emergency alert system does? Right? Yeah, there you go. And we just got one for my dad. We were just in Florida. My sisters and I were just visiting with him in January. And, and we got this system. And so you can either have like a, a watch, right? Or you can wear something around your neck. And what happens? Right? Now, this is, I have to admit, this is the cheapest one I could find, okay? But the one we got my dad, when you push that button, you know what it does? It calls on his phone automatically. And it, there's an operator. And we tried this several times with him. We said, Dad, just hit that button. Because he fell. This is why we did this. He fell and... He was by himself or whatever, and we said, we need to get you this. So just hit that button, and you hear a voice of an operator, and this very pleasant voice saying, can I help you? Do you need an ambulance? Is there anything else that I can do for you? It's, they're trying to help, and all you have to do 
is hit that button, and you'll hear that voice for help. Now, do you think my dad, 86-year-old, Alan Kane, do you think he was happy about having to get that? He taught us, he fought us tooth and nail. He said, why do I need this? This is admitting, this was his words, this is admitting failure. And I said, Dad, it's simple. You just have to hit the button, and someone is there to help. But he was resisting it because he didn't want to admit. He didn't want to admit that he needed it. And I think in our relationship with God, we need to get over the fact that maybe ourselves, we think we're self-sufficient. So I think the first thing we need to do is examine our hearts, see if there's any pride, trying to do it ourselves if we're not hearing his voice. Psalms 37.7 says this, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait impatiently for him to act. Have you ever waited impatiently somewhere? How about, has anybody ever gone to the Department of Motor Vehicles? Maybe on a Saturday morning. How about just sitting at a, at a red light and it turns green and the person in front of you doesn't like automatically go. You're waiting like three seconds and you're like, Why aren't, it's not going to get any greener, you know, the light's not getting any greener. Come on, I've done it, I admit Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait, it says, wait patiently for him to act. So I think a lot of times we are in a fast-paced, are we not, microwave society, right? Everything has to be done instantaneously, right? Traffic, continuous movement, no time to waste culture. But as followers of Christ, we need to learn to wait on him. Amen? And we need to be still. And let me just say this. I appreciate what Pastor Ron said, and I know he goes to his mountain, but how many of you have a mountain in your backyard? Okay? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They do. You do. That's right. You guys do. You got the same mountain, right, as a matter of fact. But if you go up there, it's not still anymore for him, right? No, but the, the point is this, is that how many of you know you don't have to necessarily go to a mountain to be still, right? Now, I, I'm, I love mountains. I've been on many mountains in New England, and I love going up there. That's one thing I love about skiing is being on top of a mountain and just hearing that just silence. You can't hear anything. I love that. But how many of you know you can be in your car driving, and you can experience that stillness and have God speak to you? I know I've had this happen many times. And, and you, you don't hear anything except the other cars, but you're hearing God communicate to you. And it sometimes brings me to tears even of joy, experiencing God and experiencing him speak to me. But we have to sometimes be patient, and we, have to, and we do have to be still in his presence. And how many of you know patience is a what? Fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's right. He, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? And it says, against such, there is no law. There is no law. You can't have too much patience, amen? Can't have too much patience. So I think another thing that prevents us sometimes, we're just not patient. We're just not patient. Psalms 34.4 says this, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. 
He freed me from all my fears. In the song we sang, that, that great song by Third Day, this verse was in there. He, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And have you ever sent a text or an email to somebody, and they didn't give you an answer right away? Have you ever had that happen? And you were, like, really wanting an answer? You really needed an answer? But you, didn't, you were waiting impatiently for the answer? Right? Has that ever happened to you? And you're like, oh, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Is there something wrong with our relationship? But it says, I prayed to the Lord. It starts with seeking God. And he answered me. That's hearing his voice. He answered me. And he freed me from all my fears. So it starts with God. We pray. God answers. And deliverance comes. Deliverance. He freed us from all our fears. But if we're too busy... To pray, or if we're too proud, or if we are just not patient. If those things, those things specifically, prevent us from hearing, from hearing from God. So we have to we have to seek Him with all of our heart. And I, I want to encourage each one of you. How many of you know have loved ones, maybe that, that don't know the Lord? Can you just raise your hand if you have loved ones that you know? Family, friends, neighbors. This is what I pray for, for the people I know that don't know the Lord. That God would give them the want to. The want to. That they would have a desire within them, a holy desire, a holy curiosity. That they would seek God. They would, because only God can do that. And I've said to my kids, I mean, you know, kids, you can come to church and if you're doing it just to please me, it's, it's not going to do you any good. But you've got to want it. I'm praying for you that God would give you that same desire to know him. That he would put it within your heart. So the first, if we're going to hear and know God's voice, the first step is we've got to want it. Point number two. How many of you know we have a choice? We have a choice on who we listen to. Do we not? We have a choice. Genesis 3 verse 1 says this. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Now, Satan, the way he tries to speak to us is always casting doubt on what God has said. And as believers, we need to be well-versed do we not? We need to be well-versed. We need to be knowers of the word. Amen? We need to be handy with God's word. We need to, that's why it's so important. We, and we've been doing this the past few weeks about these tools to memorize his word, to keep it in our heart. That's extremely important as believers in Christ. And verse 2 says this, Genesis 3 verse 2 says this, Of course we may eat from the fr fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, it's true. God did say in Genesis 2.16, you can look that up, that you can eat of all, any of the fruit of the trees of the garden except for the tree in the midst of the garden because when you eat it, when you eat that fruit, you will die. That's what God said. But it's interesting. She adds, or even touch it. And you know how I, my interpretation of that is? She, 
Satan had started doubt, had started a seed of doubt in her. And I think she was adding to what God had originally said because she was starting to believe the deception. She was starting to believe. Look what happens here. Genesis 3, verse 4 says this. You won't die. You won't die. Can you hear him? You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. So Satan here, the enemy of our soul, in the form of this serpent, is trying to deceive. And what he wants to do is he wants you to believe that God has ulterior motives. That God has negative, you know, he has, he has, he wants to have control over you in a negative way. And he's trying to restrict you. And look what it says in verse 6. The woman was convinced. Have you ever been convinced of something? Persuaded? She took the debate and she believed the deception. And look here. Who and what she believed resulted in her actions. Look, look what it says. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And how many of you know that's how... Lucifer fell because he wanted to be like God. He, he had pride. He wanted to be like God. And she wanted the wisdom. It appealed to her pride. She, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. He ate it too. Now God said, if you eat this fruit, you will die. And Satan said, if you eat this fruit, you will become like God. And what happened? She died. Did she not? That day, she died. Spiritually, she died. Does it not matter who we listen to? And how many times have I heard Pastor Ron say this? It matters the things we listen to. We allow go into our ear gate because the things that go into the ear gate, where do they end up? In our heart. And what goes in our heart becomes what we believe, which, guess what? What we believe results in our actions. So it matters who we listen to, and what we listen to. And is there not, how many talk shows and, and how many radio shows do we hear of people's, everybody's got an opinion, do they not? And even our friends who, who want to give us good advice, sometimes we seek them before we go to God, do we not? So it matters what we, who we listen to, and we have a choice on who we listen to. John chapter 10 says this, verse 4. He says, after he was gathered, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Remember how we know his voice? We become his sheep. Verse 5 says, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And how many of you know how they train government agents to identify counterfeit money? Does anybody know? You know how they do it? They show them the real thing that's, that's exactly right, Charlie. They show them the real thing. They get so, they spend a lot of time examining, smelling, feeling, looking at, handling it. The real thing. They want them to understand what the real thing is that they're so familiar 
with the real thing that they identify the counterfeit instantaneously. And that is what we need to do. We need to know God and his word. We need to know the real thing so we can identify the counterfeit. And this word know means to have knowledge of or to be familiar with. Familiar with it. Are you familiar with God that you would recognize his voice among all the other voices that you're hearing? And that's the kind of familiarity, that's the kind of knowledge we need to have of, of God and his word. How many of you like object lessons? No. Pastor Ron is the, is the king of object lessons, no doubt about it. No doubt. But how many of you know what this is? Anybody can see what that is? Bottle of water. You know what's in that bottle of water? Ketchup. And do you know what? Me and this ketchup packet, we are the best of friends. We have spent so much time together. We know each other. He knows me, and I know him, and we are good friends. We, have you ever had a friend like a ketchup packet? Okay. How many, you know what? I'm such good friends with this ketchup packet that he will only listen to me. How many of you believe that I can make this ketchup packet do what I say I want it to do? How many of you believe that? Meg, you believe it, right? You believe that? You think I can? All right. You believe it? We're good friends. We're such good friends. He only recognizes my voice. I'm the only one that can do it. Watch this. Mr. Ketchup, I want you to go down. Mr. Ketchup, I want you to go up. Stop in the middle. Go up. You believe that? Right? Only this ketchup packet will only listen to me. You want me to prove it? I need a volunteer to prove this. Who, who can volunteer? Dan, come on up here, Dan. Thank God for Dan. He's always willing to come up and volunteer. Hallelujah. Come on up here, buddy. Stop right over there. All right. Now let's get where we all can. Come on over here so we can, everybody can see you. Now, you, do you believe that you can tell this ketchup packet what to do? Do you believe that? I can tell it all day long. Okay. All right. I want, you, I want you to talk to this ketchup packet. I want you to tell it to go down, okay? Mr. Ketchup, I would like you to go down, please. Come on, It's not please. listening. It's not listening. Please. Maybe shout a little louder. Mr. Ketchup Packet, get down there. <laughs> not happening. Please? Now, he only listens to me. Want me to prove it? Yeah. Okay. Mr. Ketchup, I want you to go down. Go down all the way to the bottom. Mr. Ketchup, go back up. Stop in the middle. Go back up. Right? He only listens to me, right? You're a stranger. You don't, he doesn't know you. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know your voice. Exactly. Everybody give Dan a hand. Great job. I know you gave it your best shot. Thank you very much. Me and Mr. Ketchup are good friends. He only listens to me. Listen to this. Verse, they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they didn't or they don't know his voice, John 10, verse 5 says. And we get to know his voice by spending time with him, by being familiar 
<coughs> with his word, by being still, by making it a priority in our life, by admitting our need, and by being patient, not expecting God to you know, work on our, our schedule, but being patient and waiting for him. Look what it says in Psalms 1 uh, and verse 1. It says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked <coughs> or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. And how many of you know we live in a, a world that's fallen and are there not people that are wicked that want to give us advice out there? You need to know that. But it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. They may hear it, but they don't follow or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2 says, but they delight in the law of the Lord. <coughs> they take pleasure in the law of the Lord. They know the law of the Lord. They seek the truth, which is the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. And how many of you want to prosper in all you do? Raise your hand if you want to prosper. At least half of you want to prosper. That's great. I would to God it was all of you. But prospering is a good thing, and it says they bear fruit in each season. That means having strength and endurance in every season of life and prosper in all they do. If there's a condi it's conditional, they're not listening to the advice. Do not follow the advice of wicked people. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And because they love it, they're familiar with it, they hide it in their heart. We hide it in our heart as believers. So my second point here is we have a choice in what we listen to. We have a choice in who we listen to. And it matters what and who we listen to. And this is the last point I want to make here. How many of you know there's a difference between hearing and listening and then listening and obeying? So how many of you have sat in a room with someone for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and they've been talking the whole time? And you haven't heard a word they said. Has that ever happened to you? Husbands, don't look at your wives now. <laughs> wives, don't look at your husbands. I see a couple glances back and forth. I, I have to admit, my wife knows if she was here, she would. I did this Friday night. I did exactly this. She talked to me for 10 minutes. I didn't even hear a word she said. <laughs> but sometimes it's on purpose, right? Sometimes it's on purpose. In my job, I have to admit, sometimes somebody calls me. It's a complaint that I've heard 100 times before. And they just need to get it off their chest. And I'll put them on speakerphone and I'll start doing my work, continue doing my work. Yes, uh-huh. Every once in a while, yes, uh-huh. I admit, I've done it. We've all done it. And oftentimes we want to give people the impression of listening when we're completely preoccupied with something else. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 15. It says this, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices? Or your obedience to his voice. What is more important? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Obedience is always better 
Obedience always strengthens a relationship. How many of you have kids and they have not been obedient to your voice? They have not listened to you. They've heard you. Maybe you've said it a hundred times and they keep doing the same thing. Does that help the relationship? Does that strengthen the relationship? No. It brings stress and tension. Obedience requires listening and hearing and listening to his voice. And obedience always results in a stronger relationship. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says this. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. And have you ever had that experience? And you've, you've talked to people. It goes, it's gone in one ear and out the other. It says, act, act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. And have you ever had that experience before? Where you've seen something in the mirror, maybe you've shaved, maybe like me, and there's, there's, you see it, there's shaving cream on your ear. And you go into work with shaving cream all over your ears. And somebody has to very humbly and, and in, in a very kind way say, oh, by the way, you got some shaving cream, or you got something right between your teeth that you saw and you did nothing about. Don't fool yourself. And I love James. If there's one thing I would encourage you this week is write it down. Read the book of James. I love James. It just tells it like it is. It's straight to the heart. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Don't fool yourself. And how many of you know we can fool ourselves? Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Be doers of the word, another version says, and not hearers only. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are and what they look like. Sometimes we can just go through the motions of, of going through the motions out of duty, but we're really not doing what the word of God tells us to do, or we're not listening to his voice. Deuteronomy 13.4 says this, You are to follow only God, your God. Hold him in deep reverence. Keep his commandments. Listen obediently to what he says. Serve him. And hold on to him for dear life. I love the way it says that. Hold on to him for dear life. Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever held on to someone or something for dear life? Has that ever happened? I can tell you it's happened to me. I was, when I was uh, young, I was 20 years old. I was at, I was at UConn. And we were, I was on my, like the first or second day of the sophomore year. And I was with a friend. And he was driving a motorcycle. We were going down 195, probably doing 50 miles an hour. And uh, we were going from Mansfield to Willimantic. And as there's an intersection there, Browns Road, and there, and there was a car that came out, didn't even see us. And I hate to say this, got to be honest, I didn't have a helmet on. He didn't have a helmet on. And as soon as that car came out, I could see it happening. And as I saw the car, I grabbed him around the chest, and he actually said to me, I thought you were going to break my ribs. Because I could see it happening, and I was holding on to him. And sure enough, we hit it. And we literally catapulted. It catapulted us both off in different directions. And thankfully, I did a somersault in the road. And I believe it, thank God, I was, I was okay. But I was holding on to him for dear life. And many of you may have been in accidents where you're holding on for dear life. And picture what this is saying. We need to hold on to God. 
to cling to him for dear life. That means to stay in a close relationship. We need to hold on to that relationship. Make sure we maintain that relationship with him on a daily basis. We need to cling to him for dear life. And what I want you to do now is take your, your weekly challenge card. Everybody get a weekly challenge. You got that weekly card? Can you pick, everybody pick it up and just wave it at me, showing me that you, you're looking at it? And this is what I want you to do. This is the weekly challenge this week, okay? How many of you could honestly say, as God is your witness, I spend time with God every week and even every day? But this is what I want you to do. During your quiet time this week, the challenge is ask God a question. Ask God a question, and then I want you to write down his answer. Ask God a question. How many of you can do that? How many of you ever asked God a question in your quiet time before? I want you to write down the answer. And let me just give you some suggestions. Ask God, is there anything you want to say to me? Or ask him, is there something I need to know before I start the day? How many of you know God can, God can actually give you warnings about the day? He can actually tell you, so be aware of something. God, is there someone you want me to speak to today? Someone you want me to encourage? Someone you want me to speak life to? Remember, speak life? How about this one? Is there someone that I need to make things right with? You know, maybe there's a question you're afraid to ask God because you're afraid of what the answer would be. Is there someone, God, that I need to make things right with? We need to stay in close relationship with him, and we need to hear his voice and have this two-way communication. It is vital to our spiritual health. Deuteronomy 13, 18 says this, The Lord your God will be merciful only if you listen to his voice and keep all his commands. How many of you want the mercy of God? How many of you rely on the mercy of God? How many of you want God to be merciful to you it is contingent, it is conditional upon listening to his voice, keeping his commands, and doing what pleases him. And a lot of times the difference, the difference between hearing, listening, and obeying, you know what it is, the difference? Our attitude. Our attitude. We've got to want to. Pray for people that don't know the Lord, that they give them a, a want to know the Lord, a desire, a curiosity. And for us to hear his voice, we've got to want to hear his voice. And I know as, as believers, we all, we all desire a closer relationship with God. But sometimes there's things in our life that block us, that prevent us. I think Pastor Ron said it last week. He said, having our our receiver out, right? Having our receiver on, our, our radio on. And sometimes we need to do a spiritual check to make sure we're not too busy that we don't hear from God or we're too proud. Or maybe we're just not patient enough because God does, he does desire to speak to us, does he not? And he wants us to take action on what we hear. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Everybody, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for my brothers and sisters who are here 
uh, in the sanctuary. I thank you for those that might be listening online. I thank you for those that are downstairs. I pray for each one here. Father, as we hear your voice, help us to know it's your nature. It is your very nature to want to speak to us and communicate to us. But Lord, there's things in our lives sometimes that make it difficult for us to hear you. So Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you examine our hearts. Lord, help us to make time, to make you a priority, to take delight in the Lord, as, the script, as David said. Help us each to do that, because, well, Lord, we want to hear your voice. And we know there's a lot of voices out there competing for our attention. But we learn today from your word how important it is to hear your voice. And if we're your sheep, we will hear your voice only. We're not going to listen to a stranger. And Lord, there's a difference between just hearing, listening, and finally obeying. Give us the right attitude, Lord, to obey your word, not just to hear it, not to fool ourselves in thinking we're listening, but we're really not. Help us to take action on what we hear and to become obedient to your word and to your voice. And if there's any need here this morning, Lord, any need for my brothers and sisters, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, Lord, I pray that you meet each one at that point of need, Father. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.